Hello and welcome to another episode of The Unstoppable Overcomers, and I'm your host, Dorothy O'Dell. I'm super excited to bring to the stage Michelle Marriott. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a pro. Why would you be nervous? <laughs> I this must is overcome awesome. that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So Michelle, tell our guests a little about, about yourself and your overcoming story. Okay. Um, I am 67 years old. I grew up in the music industry. Um, my father's company was the first one to sign the Beatles. I went to Catholic schools. I've, I'm a recovering Catholic. Um, I had a father who was an abusive alcoholic and a mother who liked to antagonize him. Wow. Uh, let's see. I have a nursing license and a law degree. I speak three languages. My overcoming story, well, I went to Catholic school. I'm mixed race. And um, I grew up in the 60s and it was I was treated like crap. Can you swear on the show? Sure. Within <laughs> reason. Was, yeah, okay, I was treated like crap shit. is shit. There's not bad. It's fine. <laughs> Wow. For anything so else, I've, I've got other words for them. <laughs> I had a sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Von Oder. You know, I could go nuts with that name. <laughs> Who told me I was too stupid to do anything. And she also called me a stupid N-word. Uh, my uncle Frank picked me up from school one day, and this woman was all over me like white on rice. Uh, my uncle Frank is Frankie Valley, And he's not... My blood uncle, but he's a family friend. Um, I overcome, well, I still have a lot of insecurity, but I know I'm not stupid. I, like I said, I've got a double degree. Uh, I was on a show when I was a kid. I didn't get credit or anything, but people still see it and they say, hey, that looks like it could have been you as a kid. Like, it was me. <laughs> Don't you love when that happens? <laughs> I do. There's only two of us left um, still alive. And as it turns out, I played the little sister to um, my friend Pat. I didn't know he had a crush on me. He didn't know I was 10. <laughs> he was 13, you know, an older man. <laughs> so much older. <laughs> and of course, when you're 10. I can't imagine. I still, I still have a note he wrote me that says, gee, you're cute, call me. And that was 1966. And when I reconnected with him, he said, you never called. I was so disappointed. I said, Pat, I was 10. <laughs> but he has since married. He left me. Aww. Bummer. And he's happily married, and he lives up in Sonoma. Oh, that's one of those things where you go, oh, life could have been so much different, right? But <laughs> You know, it could have been, but you never know. Exactly. I have no exactly. regrets. I love that. Live with no regrets daily is the way we should live. Exactly. Exactly. But my best friend, or one of my best friends, is um, this is how clueless I am. Poor guy is stuck living in Maui. 
And I know it's tough living in Hawaii. But he'll come over to the mainland and, you know, we'll go out to dinner. And um, when it really hit me that he was really famous, we were surrounded by a ton of people. And I just said, I'm not going to say his name. I said, why are these people around you? And he said, you don't know. I said, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. He said, I am worldwide famous. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when you want to hide under the table. (laughs) Well, what did happen was um, we were at Ernie's, best Mexican place in the valley. And we were outside. And like five guys approached him and talked to him. And I just got behind him. He's this big hulking. He's like 6'2". And he's a larger man. Not fluffy. Just large football player build. I got behind him, grabbed his belt loop. And I said, what's going on? And he actually said, I'm going to take her home. She's not feeling well. I will come back tomorrow if you want autographs or anything. And that's when I realized, yeah, you know, Brad's famous. (laughs) But also he protected me and that's what I needed. Right. Oh, wow. That must have been something. Like, what was that moment like when you're like, oh, I finally know who you are. And it clicked, right? (laughs) It was weird. It was very, very strange, but that's okay. You know, he's the keeper of my secrets. Um, As I said earlier, I had a 10-year relationship with a child actor. Turns out they knew each other. And um, one night, I just poured my entire heart out to my friend. And he looked at me and he said, do you want to put up with this crap 24 hours a day? I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) So I cut off the relationship, but he and I talk every day. So we remained friends, which is kind of cool. I love when that happens, when you can just remain friends with somebody, you know, and you know, you want it to work out, but, you know, like you said, 10 years. And when you said put up with each of with the crap, you know, are you really going to do that? Right. Uh, Just want to go into the comments for one second. We have our friend Janet. Thanks for joining us, Janet. And Susan, nice lady. Interesting life could possibly use. Well, wow. <laughs> I did get therapy for another issue, <laughs> which I will not go into, but I have a red belt in jujitsu. That's what happened since the last time I talked to you. Oh, cool. cool yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You're a busy lady. You're out there. You're, you know, you're working, you're, you're doing voiceovers, uh, and things like that. Or are you still doing that photography? Last time you talked, you were doing photography. Are you still doing that? Oh my God. I was flown out to Vegas to cover the Latin Grammys. Awesome. And um, it was awesome. It was so fun. And, um, you know, got no sleep. They put us up in the Excalibur. Now I used to live in Vegas when I was married. Um, we had a house there and a house here in LA. I am no longer a Vegas person, but I love the fact that somebody had so much belief in me or so, so much, um, 
why can't I think of the word, confidence in me to fly me out and pay me and put me up in a hotel. So that was incredible. And um, then the next week I did a celebrity gifting suite, which was out here in LA. And I got into photography quite by accident. I had a friend who would take me to all the music festivals and he'd take pictures on his little crappy little, um, oh, the cameras you look down on, brownies. And we're going back 10 years. I'm like, you're taking pictures on a brownie? <laughs> and I had one of the first iPhones, which took better pictures. Then I was given a Sony, like, low pixel. And I got so into it. I took a couple classes. I saved my pennies because I saw a Canon T3. And it was like $800. And I don't like to put things on credit. Hmm. But I was... I finally said, I'll just spread it across three cards and deal with it. The day I walked into Office Depot to get it, it went on sale for $269. Oh, there we go. So I bought that. I bought the lenses. That was 2013, I believe. Nice. I finally upgraded two months ago. And um, I can't complain. It's it's been interesting doing photos. I look at something now. It's like um, let's see what I have on my desk. Okay, here's a card. Mm -hmm. Which you probably can't see. Making okay, I would most look, of it. Yeah, I would look at that little star. And I take a photo of that and then Photoshop around it. Mm -hmm. just because it's so creative or I was at a friend's house and she had this light she brought back from Budapest. It was like an eight tiered light with um, just swirled glass. I took photos of that because it was so interesting. So I've learned so much with photography, which I was always afraid of because I thought I was a really bad photographer. Well, you know, I learned how to do it. I'm learning Photoshop. I'm learning you know, everything is interesting. Um, the manhole, a manhole cover on the ground. Just the intricacies when you take a photo and then you zoom in on it. I mean, it's so fascinating. I love it. Plus, yeah. I've met a lot of really cool people. <laughs> I am sure you do. I mean, every time I talk to you, you always have a story, which is so amazing. Yeah. I would just like to follow you around one, like for one weekend, just to see all the interesting people that you do meet, because I'm telling you, this lady's incredible. Uh, and just the amount of, you know, you're, you're so talented. I mean, you have your own show as well. Um, so if Studio you're ever... Right, city, city. I was looking for the name of it. I remember I was on her show, um, so definitely, uh, definitely go and check that out. Um, so you said there was something else you've been up to lately. Tell us more about that. Oh, okay. A couple of things. Well, I connected with a Disney, a former Disney Cinderella, who used to sing from the castle. Uh, very nice lady, scattered as all heck. And I met her at a party, and this party was at John Lennon's former house, which is right up the street from me. I live in a much smaller house, much very smaller. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
she caught me singing again. I had really bad stage fright. So she got me singing back up with her, which was great. We were doing the dive bar circuit and I loved it. Now, part of what she does, I don't know if she's homeless, she's renting a room. It's a very weird thing. She um, has an offshore texting service and the texting service like demands me to do things, which wait a minute, you're not paying me. And um, one of the texts I got was, Hollywood is full of flim flammery shysters. It's like, <laughs> huh? <laughs> so obviously these people are not English speaking. Mm. And um, the, sometimes when I go to a party, I'll bring a couple of bottles of Coke or soda mm -hmm. or pop or wet things. You know, they're the big one bottles. Mm -hmm. And you don't drink from the bottle and pass it around. <laughs> you pour yourself a And part of one of the emails I got or text was, you know, this isn't the hippie generation <laughs> where you swig and pour. So I just started taking screenshots of all these bizarre texts. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with a writer. So we're going to do like a five-minute YouTube video on on this, we're not going to show our faces because, well, my friend is going to be the me voice. And we think this is coming out of India and we don't want people attacking us. But I can talk like this. And I will be talking like this and saying, Hollywood is full of flim flammeries. So. <laughs> and then the other thing, I mean, there were 87 texts. Oh, my gosh. And I got one text that said, we need a place to rehearse. So we're going to come to your house and rehearse by the pool. And I said, no, you're not. You're not rehearsing by my pool. I live in a condo. You can't make those demands on me. Now, the other thing, my neighbor went into rehab for three weeks. He was dehydrated. But he takes massive amounts of pain pills. You know, I can't get a friggin' Vicodin for a toothache. This guy. <laughs> I know his place. <laughs> this guy is like a pharmacist. But he <laughs> takes them with a, he takes a handful of pills with a shot of vodka. Oh. Which, you know, I had, I was a nurse. Right. This, um, this is how you make angels. <laughs> So he goes into rehab and he calls me and he says, can you please watch my cat? Right. Okay. I don't have a problem there. So this is the beginning of June when I was diagnosed with COVID. <laughs> oh my gosh. I still go across the hall. I watch his cat. This is three weeks. I clean the cat box, which is disgusting. I clean his cut kitchen, which is a hazmat area. I mean, we have small kitchens, but it shouldn't take two hours to clean a kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, I brought his mail in. I bought cat food. I made sure this cat was taken care of. He comes home on a Wednesday. Now I'm over COVID because I only had it a week. Thursday, he sells me money, which was unexpected, but nice. 
Friday, I'm covering the daytime Emmys. And I'm surrounded by people, you know, bodyguards and really cool stars. I actually saw Susan Lucci from All My Children. She's like really tiny. This wow. woman is so small, it's amazing. But anyway, he starts texting me and he says, you're sitting down? I'm sitting down. Do you have my salt? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm at a gig, I don't know. <laughs> it's either you have it or you don't. I don't know, if you need salt, I'll pick it up on the way home. Are you on the way home now? I'm working. You took all my grass. No, I didn't. At half a bud on the counter, you said I could take it. I made brownies. Um, because no, you took all my grass. You had a party here. <laughs> I don't know enough people for a party. And I was like, I am working. Well, where's all my alcohol? What? I came in, I cleaned your cat box. I cleaned your kitchen. Well, where's my salt? You give me my salt, all's forgiven. I don't have your salt. I honestly don't have your salt. I mean, four hours of where's my salt? This is alcoholic behavior. I finally called him son and I said, look, I'm at a gig. Your dad keeps texting me about salt. I told him I'd pick it up. Salt? <laughs> so um, I said, go through your cabinets. I put things away. I come home. About three days later, I'm looking for something to season my food with. I have a salt. <laughs> I don't need to go, Michelle. I think I brought it over. I had company staying with me, and I don't season my food. I had food poisoning twice, so I can't taste anything. Why make it taste good? So um, I was like, I'm not going to tell him anything. <laughs> <laughs> I kept offering to buy him salt. Well, unless he hears this show, you know. <laughs> <He won't. laughs> oh, that's awesome. That was so, so I fun. I could just imagine your face, especially when, you know, you're at a gig at the at the daytime Emmys and, and they're getting all these text messages like that would have been crazy insane for sure. <laughs> it's, like, it's a $2 salt thing. I'll buy you one. Oh, and then he says, well, you don't know the kind I like. Then how do I have your salt? <laughs> and when I have it, I mean... <laughs> Way to go, Michelle. Way to go. <laughs> so you definitely had quite the interesting life here. Uh, just looking over the notes that I took and, and from um, what we have. Uh, so what was it like to grow up having a father that was, you know, always dealing in the music industry, always dealing with big names, especially uh, the Beatles? Okay. Well, I'll start from earlier than that. Um, I got his FBI file which blew me away. His first wife, Inez, who I was actually very tight with, um, was one of the co-founders of NOW, which I didn't know. That's the National Organization of Women. Um, so I get this file. 
And my dad belonged to something called the People Songs in the 40s. And that was a communist group. And I, I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> but his best friend was a guy named Pete. And I remember Pete, you know, being in the house when we lived in New York. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading this. At first, I thought it would be bathroom reading. It turned out to be order a pizza reading. <laughs> um, Pete wrote a song called Goodnight Irene. And he was immediately harassed by the McCarthy era people. Pete got my dad into the music industry um, in Folkways Records. So I'm reading this. I don't know if you figured out who Pete is. Uh, no, I haven't figured out who Pete is. Pete Seeger. Oh my Pete, gosh. That's what I said. And I remember him in the house, but never put two and two together because I was like three. Right. Um, so it, it gets into Pete Seeger. It gets into my dad being a communist. Gets into his marriage to Inez, uh, who was investigated also for being a communist, which I actually knew because my older sister. Um, so this was the early 50s. Um, Inez tries to divorce my dad in New York. It took five years to get a divorce. He wouldn't sign the papers. She flies down to Mexico, gets a divorce from him. In the meantime, day after the divorce is final, he marries my mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, what the heck? Well, when you know, you know, right? He's <laughs> So I was born. Uh, they got married June 24th of 54. I was born June 12th of 55. Um, my dad was, I think he was still with Folkways. Then my brother came along. We're still in the Bronx. Uh, he went from Folkways to Imperial to Cap which are all 50s labels, then got hired by VJ Records. VJ yeah. Records was gospel music until the 60s. They move us out to California. Um, and I may get some of the story incorrect because, you know, it was so long ago. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my earliest memories were in Phoenix then we came to California. So he signed this group from Liverpool, uh, the Beatles, which was kind of interesting. Their first album was introducing the Beatles and they had what was then known as short, long, long hair, which was about the length of mine. Well, mine's up, but from what you can see. Right. You know, their, I think their hair went to here. And I can remember my mom and I saying, wow, their hair's so long, you can't tell them apart. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's the first thing you say when you meet the Beatles. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so anyway, they were on Ed Sullivan and we watched them on our 13 inch black and white Emerson. Um, they went to, they had an, the iconic Hollywood Bowl concert. 1964, I was there. They only played for half an hour. Then um, they went to a place called the Cinnamon Cinder, which I live behind. And I met them there and I thought they were old and they talked funny because, you know, I was eight <laughs> and they were 20. <laughs> if my cousin's listening to this, Eric, this is a shout out for you because Eric is one of the biggest Beatles fans ever. And I'm just now realizing like, wow, <laughs> I got to send him a copy of this. Sorry. I, I just okay. wanted to give that shout out. <laughs> oh yeah. Look him up. Randy Wood dash VJ records. Um, his picture was all over 16 magazine, which was a teen magazine then. Mm -hmm. And I went to school and I was like, Oh my God, I'm at the Beatles. They were at our house and I was punished for lying. And I wasn't, you know, Catholic school. What can I say? Right. Attila the nun. What can I say? <laughs> Hi, Tammy. Hey, Tammy. And our amazing friend, Jeffrey. Thank you so much. He says, this is too cool. Wish he could stay, but definitely we'll Hi, listen to the playback. What a story. Oh Jeffrey's my God. One of my I worked with a photographer. I worked with a photographer with that name. I know that's not him, but I interrupted you. No, that's okay. I interrupted you. So I apologize. <laughs> so I met them and I mean, I was like so excited. And then it's like, who knew they'd become what they are. Right. But growing up Frankie Valley, who did record on VJ with the four seasons, they became close friends. Frankie Valley was like a father to me, a second father. In 1969-68, he dedicated his residency at the Coconut Grove at the Ambassador Hotel to me. And we had run of the hotel. And it was right after Robert Kennedy was shot. So I actually saw the blood stains on the carpet. It was really amazing. And I just thought everybody lived like this because my cousins were in the music industry. Right. Now, August 1970, to anybody who's listening, <laughs> my uncle, Pat, who was A&R at MCA Uni, who um, I wish I got to know him better. He was like the coolest guy in the world. Took me and my cousin, Trissa, to go see his new act, a piano player. And the piano player was introduced by Neil Diamond. You're smiling. Well, when you said piano player, my mind goes to Stevie Wonder. <laughs> but <laughs> Elton John. Uh, that was my first thought. That was my first thought. And then I'm like, wait. Oh, my gosh. So you've seen Elton John. I saw Elton John in his very first, I think it was this first, um, U.S. show. It was so iconic, but this guy was so talented, and I'm so glad he's not just a one-hit wonder. I think he's had two hits, maybe three. My cousins met him several times. He was at my uncle's memorial. Um, Lots of hi, history Janet. going down. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, Elton John's one of my husband's Elton. favorite. I love Elton John. I think he's so talented. I wanted to see him yes. over at the uh, forum. My cousin was there. She said, I'd 
because he, um, Elton cried, not my cousin, because he was handed a million dollar check for his AIDS foundation. Wow. Mm -hmm. But I also saw um, Neil Diamond at the Troubadour. Um, I don't know if you know who Tim Harden was. No, I don't. I will Tim look Harden him up. I'm sorry? I said, I'll look him up for sure. <laughs> Tim Harden, very talented singer-songwriter. He wrote a song called If I Were a Carpenter. You know, if I were a carpenter and you were a lady, would you marry me anyway? Can't sing right now. But he wrote that and I saw him at the Troupe and um, loved him as a singer-songwriter. I was just so disappointed because he was very um, drugged out on stage. Right. It kind of happens in the music industry, or at least what it, the stories portray. Like if you watch people's, we've, uh, my husband and I went and saw Rocketman and watched Elton's uh, movie. And I'm like, could you imagine living like that? Like, I can't imagine li living like that each and every day. And I'm sure you've seen it. Like, I've seen it. I've been on two tours and I'm not going to say the musicians, but I was the only one who didn't go to rehab. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I did my chair of drugs, but I did them when I was 18 before I had kids. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, it just wasn't my thing. I don't drink. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a cool song, Janet? So, um, yeah, it's just it was never my thing. I, first of all, I was a single parent. And it was like, hmm, do I spend a hundred bucks on cocaine or a hundred bucks on groceries? Not a hard decision. Right. Well, and but, when you said your your dad was an alcoholic too, I imagine growing up with that, that that would make you say, okay, that's not what who I, or what I want to be. Like, that's not what I want to expose my children to, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, did I drink? Of course, not the way... It wasn't a way of life. It's like we'd go out Friday, Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. But it was Friday, Saturday nights when you party and then go on with the rest of your life. Um, I have a big bottle of tequila in my freezer I've had there for a year. I still haven't opened it. <laughs> Poor Jose. He wants to get out. <laughs> he does. But, you know, if I have a shot, I'm a happy camper. But I also can't do anything else. I can't drive. I can't go out. I live in a canyon. I've seen too many people go, ooh, splat. So right. unless I'm walking, I don't drink. Now, I also, um, I spoke to my friend Kenny. Um, Kenny Metcalf, I met at the very first NAM, which is a huge music thing here in L.A., or it's actually Anaheim. He is an Elton tribute artist. He didn't know my background. I didn't know his background. And we've been friends for about 10 years. Turns out Kenny was the keyboard player for a band called Striper, which was a Christian rock band. Huh. Kenny um, survived a mystery disease that nobody else has survived. 
I couldn't tell you the name of it. And um, because of him, he's, I don't know how to describe Kenny. He's just a wonderful person, but we're both Christians, you know, not Catholic, but Christians. Right. So um, it's kind of cool because he involves me in a lot of things that he's doing. But he goes on the road on his Elton tribute. Had no idea who my dad was until we got to talking earlier this year. Um, he didn't realize who my Uncle Pat was, who made Elton Elton. So Kenny is just a cool person. You have to look him up. Kenny Metcalf. I will look him up. And back to the Beatles. Um, Bruce Spizer wrote all the books on the Beatles, like the Beatles on VJ, the Beatles on Capitol. Let me look on, I'll be off for a second. Yeah. The Beatles on Swan, the Beatles on Apple. It's got about 10 books out. Look him up, Bruce Spizer. He's an attorney in New Orleans. And he does all the Beatles fests. He's a cool guy. I just looked up Kenny Metcalf. There it says on, he's impersonating uh, Elton John. I don't know if you can see that. There we go. I can. Actually, the first time I met him, I walked into this, um, into it's the Anaheim Convention Center. Saw him. He introduces himself. And um, he says, I'm going to sing in a minute. Can I sing to you? And I'm like, yeah, you can sing to me. <laughs> and he's playing this song. Oh, how cute. Yeah, but you, you knew the original Elton John, though, too. Mm-hmm. I saw the original so, yeah. Have you ever partied with Elton? Are you just seen him? I snuck into his Oscar party. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I just did it. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, officer. It just happened. <laughs> well, you know, because I do event photography. And I was at yes. the Oscars, so I had all my credentials. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm with Best of LA. You know, here's my pass. I just left the Oscars. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even okay. My, my, my PR friend said, "Nobody does that. How'd you do it? I don't know." <laughs> it's funny because it. when you walk in confidence, you can get anything. Like if you walk in confidence and you're, here's my pass, and away you go. You act like nothing. As nothing's wrong, and nothing is wrong, and that's how you got in. That's exactly how you got and in. That's that's what happened to me over the past couple of years. I went from being really insecure and more confident. And a lot is, I don't care what people think. What are you going to do? Take away my American Express card? Tell me I can't drive my BMW? I don't think so. <laughs> Smack me on the hand. Let me show you something. Yes. You're not going to smack me on the hand because I've got this. <laughs> not from lifting weights and doing jujitsu. There we go. I mean, you touch me, I'll send you across the room. But martial <laughs> arts also helped instill the confidence. I love that. I love that. Women out there, listen to martial oh, Listen, take a couple of martial arts classes. Take crop, take self-defense. It's really going to help you. It helps the self-confidence. Unfortunately, in this day and age, because of what's gone on, 
um, there's a lot of crime. People are bolder. You have to protect yourself. Absolutely. I agree. Totally agree. <laughs> hmm. New possibilities in the new year here. <laughs> Do it. Take a jiu-jitsu class. Take a tai chi class. I took crop for two years, got a yellow belt, then injured myself because I got hit by a uh, movie truck. Oh. I got T-boned. Um, I'm so um, once I could start taking martial arts again, a friend of mine teaches jujitsu. I'm like, you know, I'll do it. And worked up to red belt and I'm a happy camper. It's not up there in the belts, but I can defend myself. Not that I ever want to. Right. Well, at least you have the self-defense in order to be able to do that. And that's the main thing, right? True. True. And even my sister, my younger sister said, you, you look more confident. And I said, oh, yeah, I can kick ass. <laughs> Walk into an Oscar party and not even be stopped. There we go. <laughs> I know. Well, that was before all this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Uh, something tells me, though, I don't think that you would lack confidence for too long because you seem like the lady that always gets up and keeps going no matter what. And you're like, have this attitude, well, well you don't think I can? I'll show you. And in you go. <laughs> That's how I became a bunny. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were going to go there. So I was I was letting you lead. <laughs> yes, you heard that right. She in was part of Hugh's team. <laughs> I went on a bunny hunt on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'll never get it. I don't know how to serve drinks. I'll never fit in that costume. Um, I got it. <laughs> I wasn't a bunny for so long, a lot, for a long time. Um, I made enough money to go to nursing school, which I don't do. <laughs> but um, I did practice nursing for almost 30 years. But it was fun. I pulled the costume out a couple years ago. It's like, this big <laughs> it's tiny i'm like I get into that but that we're getting our way back into that <laughs> i would not want to be that thin again do i want to lose weight yeah i don't want to be 100 pounds i'm 5'5 five five. that's ridiculous mm -hmm. okay so what was it like to be a bunny you have to tell us now that you that you came out with the story Okay, it was um, interesting. It uh, a lot of sexism. You got weighed every day, which oh my god, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, watch Gloria Steinem's uh, biography called um, "A Bunny's Tale." It was a movie starring Christy Christy Alley. And the things they talk about it is true. Got it. I wrote that they down. They can't do a lot of the stuff they did then. And I was the tail end of that. Um, I, if I had the chance to do it again, I wouldn't. But it was an experience. I don't like the mansion. 
um, I would never let anybody take a naked picture of me. <laughs> Come on, I get undressed with the lights off. <laughs> right. You know, it was an experience. And um, I don't regret it. It got me from point A to point B. Right. And when I ran out of money, I went to work at a 7-Eleven at night, went to school during the day, you know, and took care of my daughter. Right. Nothing you got to do what you got to do. I mean, like you said, it was an experience. Uh, not too many people can have that on their resume. <laughs> True. So, you know. True. Um, and it You're was, a living um, legend. I guess. <laughs> no, I come from the um, it's a generation. We did a lot of things. A lot that changed my life. I had several things that happened. In 2007, I lost six friends and family members in a four-month period. It was like my mom, my best friend, um, a friend of the family, um, my dog. And then my, I went through the divorce from hell, from Satan. And um, and if he's listening, <laughs> oh my gosh, Michelle, you're hilarious! It was a contentious divorce. Um, Just write a book about them. That's how I got back with mine. Like I back have at been. mine. I there have been. It's called Great in Bed, dot, 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 and the family's got money. I'm still <laughs> writing it. And the title comes from, he had a girlfriend I wasn't supposed to know about, but of course I knew. And he took, him, took her to a party for my former brother-in-law, Rich Little. Um, and she was drunk as heck and kept saying, yeah, I'm with Joey because he's great in bed and his family's got money. <laughs> so um, I was told this, and rather than get pissed, I said, great book title, filed for divorce the next day. Now, wow. he's also told me, you know, I did all my legal research. And when I'm done, I'll send you a copy. Uh, Marev Tarp, oh God, what's her last name? And I talked to her all the time. Marev Tarek um, will be helping me do the book. She's a writing coach. She's in Italy. Yes. So anyway, um, it'll be a fictionalized biography. I've changed the names. I've done everything I'm supposed to. So he calls me about a year ago and he says, if you publish that, I'll sue you. Good, free PR. Your character's now impotent. Sue me now. <laughs> my gosh well we're not stupid not we don't put the real names in the book hello <laughs> oh i know his name's joseph or joey so in the book he's giuseppe <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah, i think i call him jody actually but um oh, there you go yeah in fact i have all the books all the drafts in this desk that's next to me that you can't see. 
Well, you know, that is just so amazing. It's like the cherry on top of the cake, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, eventually I'll finish it. I've just been so busy. So anyway, so I lost all those people in 2007. Divorced from Satan, that took two years. And I just started making this bucket list. You know, I learned how to fly, got the license, haven't flown since. That was expensive. Um, I had spent some time in the Caribbean. I wanted to go back. Turns out my nephew was getting married in the Caribbean. So I went back on a Disney cruise and it was actually nice. Um, I wanted to go back to Hawaii, which I did. And we won't even talk about that because it wasn't good. Um, I wanted to learn how to drive a race car. Well, as it turns out at Ontario Speedway, you can get a lesson. <laughs> so I figured out yeah. a way to do things. And in between all that, I got into the photography aspect. Now, 2016, and this is what really changed my life. Um, I have a really good friend, my friend Elise. Shout out, Elise. She and I would like do a girls' night on Friday nights. So I'd go to her house. I think she made a pasta salad. <laughs> uh, because I live in a canyon, I don't drink and drive. Okay. We played Scrabble, two games. And I said, I'm going to go home. I'll text you when I get home. So I get off the freeway at Lancashire and the 134. I have the green arrow. I always wait a minute. Go to make my left-hand turn. A Disney truck hits me broadside. Oh T-bones me. The guy fell asleep driving. Um, they had to use the jaws of life to get me out of the car. And I saw myself above my car, which is really weird. And my friend Danny, who had passed away many years prior, said, go back. You know, we don't want you here. Go back. Um, so I was kind of in and out of it. I was covered in glass. I didn't even know if I could. They had to take the car apart to get me out. And they took me to um, St. Joseph's Hospital. Don't ever go there. In the emergency room, a police report was made. Um, the Disney guy, he was a uh, independent contractor, lives, I don't know where he lives, but I tracked him down. St. Joe's told me I was pill-seeking and there was nothing wrong with me. I went elsewhere. I had two crushed discs and a concussion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. At that point... Once I realized I could walk, I just said, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'll find a way to do it. And I wanted to go back into acting. I'd already done two years at Stella Adler, which is a huge acting school, and I did improv. So I got an agent, took more classes, decided to deliver food. Um, DoorDash and Grubhub. Did that while I did acting. And uh, wound up being on a web series 
called Dar, D-H-A-R, man. Sometimes you see my face, sometimes you see my arm. But it's been steady work. I work three days a week for an attorney, um, a family law attorney. So once I, you know, once all this fell into place, then I got back into voiceovers. And um, I do meditation voiceovers. I also have a hypnotherapy. It's not a license, but I took a course. Mm -hmm. And I got involved in working with PTSD vets. Um, Heavenandearthoasis.org. We have an event every year. This year, my friend Jeffrey Mark was our MC in entertainment. At my table, I got to hang out with Ben Vereen who was in Pippin and I got to him and I was like, this is incredible. Cause I just never thought that would ever happen. Coolest guy in the world. Um, and I know I'm scattered all over the place, okay. but um, we did this event. I did a five minute meditation before we started. Amazing. Because I've always had stage fright and suddenly no more stage fright. Um, the entertainment was incredible. The vets are incredible. Uh, you know, I'm doing what I want to do. I already said my age earlier. And I just never thought at this age I'd be doing the things that make me happy. I've got my dog who sleeping on my couch. <laughs> Big black hairy dog on a white couch. Uh, I did not know that you were involved with that, especially with the PTSD, because that's what I've been doing for the last 10 months. And Jeffrey Knight is actually um, one of my veterans from Angels 14, so who is, wow. which is a veteran organization. And I'm actually co-chair for a veteran organization called uh, Camarade Rescue Mission. So I did not know that part about you because I mean, um, yeah, like, oh, that's, we did a 24 hour fundraiser on our Thanksgiving, my Canadian Thanksgiving for vets with PTSD. And so I'm like, wow, when you said that, I was like, no way. <laughs> well, you know, I'll send you my phone number again, but yeah, I got involved first. I was asked to be a photographer and then I got on the board of directors, but here's a weird thing. Talk about small world. Um, I studied guitar for over 10 years. Um, I had a guitar teacher, Jimmy Stewart, who was also my friend. He kept me pretty much alive growing up because mm -hmm. I went through a horrible time as a teenager. And he was like the cool guitar guy. Um, he has since passed away. He had a stroke. He passed away. So um, two years ago at the event, this woman gets up and she's talking and she said, yes, my former husband, no, my um, father was an OSS agent, which I thought was cool. And my late husband was a jazz guitarist. He gets off stage and I approach her and I said, Terry, you know, who was your, who was your late husband? You wouldn't know him. Try me. She says, well, Jimmy Stewart. And I looked at her and I said, I'm Michelle. I was his student for 10 years. She knew who I was. Of course she did. So, 
it was that just blew me away because she was, you know, her whole attitude changed. Because I guess she thought I was like a wannabe, wanting to hang out with people. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to know who this man was. Turns out she knew all about me. She's also a medium. And um, I have some of the last photos of him before he passed away. So I sent them to her. And, um, you know, we've been friends ever since. And on that note also, do you remember Peter and Gordon from the 60s? Lightfoot? No. Uh, um, Peter, and Peter and Gordon, they were like a duo out of England. They had a, what was their song? I don't remember their song. But um, I have some of the last photos of Gordon before he passed away. And his widow is a friend. Of course so she I is. I sent those to her. Look at you. So, I mean, it was just very strange. Wow. Now, I love Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. This has just been so incredible listening to you and your story and just really getting to know you better, Michelle. Um, oh, our friend Charles and I is coming in from Hong Kong. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I love Hong Kong. Hi, Charles. I have an I aunt that lives Hong in Hong Kong. Wow, which part? Um, Discovery Bay. Okay, yeah, I was there 1992. Oh. I'd like to go back for a visit, but you know, I don't know what the mandates are. Well, they just are starting to lift a little bit. Um, I She's told me some horror stories, and it would be a while before I even think of going over there. <laughs> um, yeah. In a while. Yeah. So, Aunt Lori, if you're actually listening to this episode, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> oh, that is funny. And he says we all love Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> it's not <to> love. <laughs> and Janet's her first event was Gordon Lightfoot in Winnipeg in 1971. I have never seen him in concert. Really? But um, I did a cover of his song, Miguel, and uh, Nous vivons ensemble, and I had to spell it all out phonetically. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, normally, we would do, like, a whole segment on the fundamentals, but I'm sorry, folks. Uh, Kimberly is very sick tonight. I don't know what it is with our group here, but uh, two weeks ago I was out under the weather. This week she's out under the weather, so we do apologize. But we will go over Michelle's fundamentals, have a little bit of fun with this. Um, and so we, we, we do like to share this because we think it's fun and it just gets to... Um, oh. I just want to read Charles' thing here. Hong Kong is open for business. Everything relaxed pretty much. Well, that's good news because I was hearing men oh. in white suits were walking the streets every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, um, so glad it's lifted. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe my aunt can actually come home to Canada for a little bit and see her kids. That would be amazing. Um, so what are your three four fundamentals then, Michelle? Um, I treat people the way I would like to be treated, unless you're a telemarketer. 
I live by that. Uh, to quote Ellen DeGeneres, be kind to everyone, which I really try. Um, over the past two years, I've developed more empathy for homeless people. Uh, you know, because twist of fate, that could be you or me. Absolutely. You know, I try to live by that. Um, I've always, I don't know, you know, basically treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I'm very kind that. to my animals. All I my dogs have been rescues. Oh, <laughs> you have the most tender, loving heart. I swear this woman is amazing. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, before we go, I do want to tell you. I spent American Thanksgiving with my friend Kat in Temecula, which is wine country. And um, we watched YouTube. Joni Mitchell on stage at the 2022 Newport Folk Festival. My God, I'm going to cry. Just amazing. And um, I suggest... If you really want to see something, watch that. Singing both sides now. She used to live up in the canyon near me. I don't know where. Because um, as a kid, I would have stalked her. <laughs> <laughs> now I would have found out where she lived and kind of hung around. And but, you would have been friends with her. Because that's what you do. You make friends with everybody. <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. It's like I was at an event the other day and um, I met this guy, Neil. I'm not going to say his last name. Really nice guy. Um, and we got to talking and I said, yeah, it's so good to see you. And, you know, I love seeing you at the last event. He goes, yeah, I want to talk to you. Give me your number. I'll give you a call. But I have I have a show I'm doing. I said, great. Where? It's a Hollywood Bowl. Okay. Why? Because I'm part of Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> what? He's never wow. called me. Let me see what he does with Smashing Pumpkins. What was his name? Pete? Neil. Oh, Neil. Neil right. Because I was thinking, I was thinking Neil, uh, Neil Young. But that doesn't even compute to Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Don't allow. Well, I'm finding a Neil who's a uh, financial guy. <laughs> so it was just kind of really cool. Like I said, I'm clueless. You're on everybody's cool list. Yeah, you know, if you put my name in Google, I'm the first Michelle Morata that comes up, which is kind of cool. And I don't know how that happened. Um, because Google listens to everything you say and do. Yeah, I can't get this. Uh, oh, well, it does. Cool. Wow. I can't believe we're at the hour here. I just want to thank oh our, God. I know, right? I just want to thank our, our 
our guests like they have been amazing in the comments and people are going to come back on the replay i just know it i uh, just got to do some housekeeping things i'll do that at the end anyways i just want to thank you so much michelle um yeah. I'm, I'm moving things around i'm trying new things seeing how what works and what doesn't work in our show here so bear with me <laughs> uh, I just want to thank you again, Michelle, so much for coming on the show. You've been an absolute pleasure and you are just so rich in history, especially in the music world and uh, at the Oscars. And, you know, you are just so, such a blessing uh, to be a friend with and to definitely just listen to your stories. I just absolutely adore you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I've enjoyed this. I was kind of afraid to come on. <laughs> She stood me up once, folks, already, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I came on no makeup, just put my hair up, little foundation, little eyeshadow, but that's it. That's okay. But, yeah. you, you are amazing. You, you are the bunny. You are the bunny. And that, that's, <laughs> we just love you. <laughs> uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. We have to do it again. Yes, we are going to have to do it again. We just thank you so much. Um, and I just want to say thank you to our sponsors. Uh, we have uh, Be Oily with Bonnie. So if you have any essential oil needs, definitely connect with her. Um, as well, if you would love to grow your business, Unstoppable Overcomers would definitely love to help you. We are, forget about a Cyber Monday and Black Friday. We are going to the end of the year, have this special 16 uh, episodes for only $1,111. Uh, and you'll also be a guest on the fun fundamental section. That's a savings of over $700. So if you're interested in that, please message me today. Um, and we'll get you signed up for that so that we can start promoting you and Michelle, any last words for our guests that are listening? Well, you can follow me. Um, my podcast is studio city. Now, uh, my Instagram is studio city now or Michelle with Marada. Michelle's got one L, uh, Twitter, Facebook, everything. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, what is your podcast? So I can follow you. Also Unstoppables? It's Unstoppable Overcomers. Everything we have is Unstoppable Overcomers. <laughs> but I will, uh, yeah, I'll send you the link as well. And everything, okay. all all the places to reach Michelle, including um, her, I wasn't sure if you have a website, but I know every link that you gave me, the Instagram and the um, Studio City that you gave me, everything's in the show notes. So definitely check her out. You you got to be friends with this woman. You got to go listen to her show. She has some incredible people on her show as well. Um, and we're just truly blessed to have you, Michelle. Thank you so much. And one more thing, two things. I got my website up. It's michellemarada.com. Um, and it's a photography site. Also, um, we are starting a radio show. We just are putting it together now. It's called Chords, Vines, Dines, and Beyond. So that will be on Blog Talk Radio. Wow. And we're looking, it's me, Kat Ellis, and Tom Plant. And we've been friends for years. Um, and what we do is we basically pair wine and music. Ooh. So we'll be reaching out to you because we want you on our show. Perfect. We'd be honored to have and we're to be there. Temecula. 
I love it. You too. So love thank it. you so, so much. Thank you. And thank we you so much. Talks. You click me off. Ask. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you set, uh, next week, same time, same channel. Bye for now. Thank you.